what's up y'all this is Zach with Living Corporate and you know how you got 12 days of Christmas right we're doing this thing 12 days of podcast so that's 12 days of podcast leading up to Christmas day and a little bit after because it's 12 days really excited about this want to make sure that y'all hear some of the great content that we have in our vault uh, from early this year uh, that we didn't release because of timing or scheduling and coordination but we're still really excited about it so the next thing you're going to hear is a conversation that we had earlier this year really hope that you check it out and you enjoy it and before we get there we're going to tap in with tristan what's going on living corporate fam it's tristan of layfield resume consulting and i've teamed up with living corporate to bring you all a weekly career tip this week let's talk about how you can gain new skills without going back to school Sometimes we utilize the skills we currently have to their maximum capacity, or we need to learn, learn something new in order to advance our careers, but we don't want to go back to school. I get it, school's expensive, and it isn't getting any cheaper anytime soon, so here's a few ways you can gain some new skills without going back to school. First, consider professional certifications. Maybe you want to get into project management, consider taking a project management professional PMP course and certification exam. Or if you want to get into HR, maybe you can work towards a professional and human resources certification. Next, utilize the internet. Places like Coursera and Skillshare, among many others, offer free and low-cost courses to gain new skills. Also, let's not discount YouTube University. Not only can you utilize YouTube to learn a specific task you need to complete, but there are even whole courses on YouTube. Next, consider entrepreneurship. I think many people discredit the skills you can learn through entrepreneurship. Take me, for example. In my business, I didn't just learn more about recruiting and resumes. I learned digital marketing, social media marketing, more operation skills, bits of accounting, sales, and so much more. While this may not have been taken into account previously, this idea of entrepreneurship or having an entrepreneurial mindset while working in corporate is taking off, so skills gained like this are becoming more valuable. You can also utilize entrepreneurship to bring into new industries that you've been trying to get into in order to gain some experience. Next, consider internships. I know working for free or at a discounted rate is not usually what we want to do, but sometimes experience is just the best teacher. It can also open new doors if you give it your all. This is also a great way to break into new industries. So those are just a few ways you can gain some additional skills without heading back to anyone's campus and amassing more student loan debt. This tip was brought to you by Tristan of Layfield Resume Consulting. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Layfield Resume, or connect with me, Tristan Layfield, on LinkedIn. This week, we have Kenneth L. Johnson. Kenneth L. Johnson is the president of East Coast, East Coast Executives. He's a diversity recruiter, TEDx Harlem organizer, and a TEDx speaker, a Forbes career coach, Google Learning Center NYC facilitator, host at the Career Seeker Show, and a host at the Urban League's Jobs Network. Now, look, I could read this whole extra long profile because he's been featured in Black Enterprise Magazine. I mean, he's been all over the place, right? Uh, but I want to make sure that we actually get to Kenneth and he can we can talk more about uh what he's been what he's been doing got going on his background his journey right now kenneth welcome to the show how you doing man man i'm good i see i'm in the right place i was listening <laughs> to the intro i'm like all right i'm in the right place <laughs> <laughs> now now look i would be remiss not, uh to to not ask uh how are your friends and family and loved ones during during this time Man, you know what? I, I appreciate the uh, consideration. Uh, it, it's been rough. You know, we're, we're here in Harlem. 
Uh, so, you know, New York City is the epicenter of this thing right now. Uh, COVID is, is ravaging uh, the residents of New York City. So we've had, you know, some losses close to us, family members, family members of the team. I sit on a call every Monday with members of the New York Urban League. I'm, a, I'm the diversity recruitment consultant for the New York Urban League as well. And uh, there hasn't been a week that's passed that someone on that team, and it's a team of 11 people, I believe, that someone hasn't lost a family member or, or a really close friend. So uh, it's been a challenge, you know, internally and also a challenge with some of our clients that we support. So, uh, you know, prayers to everybody across the world, across the globe, right? Because this, is, this isn't just a New York thing or a U.S. thing. This is a global pandemic. So uh, it's been rough, but we're here. So, so let's talk a little bit about it. Like I gave a, a bit of an intro, but I'd love to hear more about, for the folks who don't know you, share a little bit more about, about what you got going on, your profile, and what are you doing during this season? Um, yeah, all right. So, you know, I, I think you started out in the right place. I'm, I'm president of East Coast Executives. We're a diversity recruitment firm uh, based out of Harlem, New York. So companies come to us when they're looking to add diverse talent to their recruitment pipelines. That's the foundation. Everything else kind of grew off of that, right? So I started my business back in 01. So I've been doing this for a minute. Uh, but it's always kind of what I knew I wanted to do. I just didn't know it existed. Uh, <laughs> but I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to frame it. And when I finally was able to get a grasp on that, I was able to kind of move in the direction that I mo needed to move into. But everything else kind of came from the work that we do in that space. So the you know, the relationships with Forbes and the relationships with Google and the relationships with TEDx, all of that stuff came from the work we do as the diversity recruitment leader. And, and so let's talk about like, it's interesting, like, I, I want to learn more about how you were able to engage in all these different various spaces, right? So we got here's TEDx, Forbes career code, like Google, like how did, what did it look like to build this, um, this, this network over time? Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. And, you know, the only way I can explain it, Zach, um, and you know this because you're building it right now, it's the work, right? So the work and the relationships. Um, when I was able to secure the Career Seeker show, it's a show we do out in Philly. Uh, that's the hometown. So it's a show we do out in Philly uh, on 106.5 WPPM-FM, and we brand it as your only source for career and job search information with a focus on diversity. When I got that, I was coming from a place of giving, right? They have a studio out there called Philly Cam, and I wanted to record some of my live workshops. I do some workshops in Philly with a place called Project Home, and basically they're designed to support people that are homeless with connecting with employment, right? So it was coming straight from a place of giving. And I said, you know, the workshops are really good. I'd like to record them, and, and then I don't have to come out here and do this every you know, every Wednesday, we can record it and keep it going because we were doing eight week cycles. And as I was learning how to physically record the the like audio and visual, like how to record, I was taking a class on on cameras and things of that nature. Uh, it just so happened that the, the TV studio said, hey, you know what? We actually are starting a radio station and we think your idea would be great for radio. So they came to me with it. So I just had positioned myself in the right place at the right time. And I find that 
a ton of the stuff that I became involved in has came from a place of giving and doing the right thing. And then through that, people have came to me and said, listen, I got an opportunity that I think makes some sense. And so then, you know, as I think about as I think about like media and I think about like kind of the work that you've been doing, of course, like we, I've, I, I keep up with your content. I saw your uh, your show with uh, Minda Hearts. Uh, yeah. Right. And so Wh- which one? Which one? The, the the show from the uh the digital career success series. Digital show correct. The- yes, yes, that one. The digital yeah, career success. That, that was, was great. Fi- that was fire. We actually did that at Microsoft, the Technology Center in Times Square here in Manhattan. It was great because we did it during the New York Urban League Centennial Job Fair. Uh, we I brought Minda in and we did a live digital career success series. Anybody that's listening that wants to see that can go to the uh, UL Jobs Network. YouTube channel. Great, great show. Let's talk a little bit more about like about COVID-19, right? And like, you know, your space as executive recruitment and really kind of like in building representation up in this space. I'd love to know more about as we look at this time, I'd love to know more about what does recruitment look like right now, particularly for black and brown executive leadership roles, considering the compression that we're seeing uh, economically right now. Got you. You know, uh, so I've been thinking about this and and here's the thing. I'm going to try to answer this question as intelligently as possible, because I want everyone to understand, as you had mentioned, this Memorial Day. So what we're maybe five or six weeks in to this. I don't even want to say new normal, because I don't know if we know what the new normal is going to look like, but we're five to six weeks in on you know, really being engulfed by this pandemic here in this country, right? So from a recruitment standpoint, we're making decisions based on what we believe things are going to look like in 2030 versus what they're going to look like in 2020. Uh, we, We just have to be proactive and kind of think it through and see how things might look moving forward. So for us, I think in a sense, as a as a diversity recruitment firm, I think we're at an advantage, and I don't know if I've ever been at an an advantage in the 20, well, I'm sorry, the 19 years that we've been in business. I don't know if we've ever been at an advantage, but right now, I think there's a leveling of the playing field. And here's why I say this, Zach. Now, as people, I, I, I believe that companies are going to start embracing remote work a little more diligently, a little more, uh, I think it's going to be the way people look at things, right? So from our perspective, if if I have Zach, you're you're in Texas, right? What's the right. city? Houston, man. All right. So you're in Houston. Shout out to everybody out there. So traditionally, if I was recruiting someone for, for a job in New York City, I would typically, if the company wasn't doing relocation, I would have to pretty much stay with a candidate pool that's in the uh, tri-state area primarily. Now I can honestly, hopefully, give Zach Nunn a call and say, hey, listen, you don't even have to move. I have an opportunity mm-hmm. in New York City and they're 100% comfortable with you working remotely, right? Yeah. So now I can really pitch you for a job as a diverse candidate and you're not even in that city. Now, New York has a good representation of diversity as Houston does, but how about the companies?" And cities that may not be as diverse or simply cities where 
and let's just be real for us, you know, I'm talking about black people, um, maybe cities where black people prefer not to live, um, whatever they may be, for whatever reason. Now I can honestly recruit people from markets. I can recruit people from Atlanta. I can recruit people from Houston and I can send them to cities that maybe they haven't looked at in the past, but because it's a remote opportunity and they may only need to travel to those cities a couple times a month at best, that's an option now. Right, right. And I, so, yeah. so, and that's how we always recruited. Like we had a globe, we had a national footprint, but sometimes it was just a matter of moving talent around. So I think we're at an advantage because typically, you know, we try to stay abreast of who the subject matter experts are, who the influencers are, who the top people are in each city. Uh, and that way, you know, I think our, our line to filling an actual search request may be shorter or a little more streamlined from a diversity standpoint than the traditional company's talent acquisition team. What are you seeing from some of the companies that you've, you've worked with um, as it pertains to attracting talent right now? Like, does it seem as if folks are kind of like pausing on that? Are they kind of, are they still trying to figure out ways to make it work? Or I'm not asking if it's, if it's not slowed at all. I would imagine it's slowed yeah. somewhat, but um, what trends or patterns, if any, are, have you been seeing from uh, your clients right now? Uh, so, you know, the way I kind of judge it is, you know, how much passive, how many passive inquiries do we get, you know, on an average month, right? So I will say during the pandemic, and, and so I only have like a month sample, but we've received, we've had some conversations with some really big companies, Zach. And it's been out of the blue. Like typically I'm in business development mode. I'm touching people. I'm trying to get these conversations started. People have actually been reaching out to us from, from Fortune 50 companies saying, hey, listen, uh, can we have a conversation about, you know, the services that you provide and how maybe we can partner to add some diversity? And, and that's, that's been great. So I think this time, because maybe people have slowed down some of the actual hiring it's allowed the talent acquisition teams and the recruitment teams to sit back and say, all right, where do we need to get better? What do we, what have we been wanting to do? What's been in the mission that we're kind of falling short on? And if that's diversity, then what do we need to do to uh, kind of ramp up prior to us coming out of the pandemic? Like, so when we come out, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And in turn, I think we've received some calls because of that. So the companies aren't doing as much hiring, but I think they're doing a lot of strategic positioning. So and let's talk a little bit. So when you say strategic positioning, like give me a practical example of that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> without without saying the name of companies, because, I, you know, I just want to keep it completely transparent. Sure, with you. sure, sure. So I got a call from a company. Um, they have headquarters in New York City and in Charlotte and uh, and over in the UK. And they've been having some conversations about how I can support them, right? So really, right now, the conversations just are, what, what's the process going to be as we start to identify talent for them? What segments of their industry, uh, is it? would it be best for us to support? Of course, you know, we like to come in mid-management to, it would be great C-level, but typically for us, it kind of looks like VPs and directors and things of that nature. But uh, where can we most add value and 
how do we go about, you know, setting up a strategy that will allow us to just immediately run into seeing some of these candidates? Companies know that when we come out, a lot of people have shifted and a lot of people will be maybe either looking for new opportunities or deciding that they want to transition right completely out of an industry. So the strategy involves kind of understanding what type of talent works best for that organization. And then is there a process that we need to go through here at East Coast Executives to identify it and present it? And that's all what I'm, that's all I mean by strategy. It's pretty standard, but it's really, it often works where we, we reach an agreement, we sign a contract to engage in a search and then we go out and do it this way. We're kind of speaking about it prior to us engaging in it and finding a strategy and a system that works best. Every employer's process is going to be different moving forward. So are you going to be bringing these people in to meet your team uh, directly? And if, if so, what's that going to look like, you know, in, in the in the COVID-19 pandemic or even coming out of it? Or are these going to be virtual interviews where they never meet the members of your team until right. that they might need them for six months. So it's just a strategy around how we effectively do it moving forward. And I'm trying to figure out like, you know, there's been a lot of different studies and research about the disproportionate impact of COVID-19 from a health equity perspective, right? So as you think about like the death rates amongst black and brown communities are significantly higher in some communities, three, four times higher yeah. than that of their white counterparts and um, and there have also been uh, predictions about the impact that uh, this is going to have for black and brown folks uh, and when it comes to unemployment, right, in terms of um, who will be laid off, furloughed, and who will not be, and who will somehow find uh, some some hedge of protection somewhere. And, and I'm curious, um, have you had any conversations or, um, you know, any discussions with folks around how to mitigate that, the how how to mitigate um, black and brown folks uh, catching the worst of this from an employment perspective um, as uh, as the economy continues to adjust to the pandemic. Man, I, th- I think you have access to my calendar, apparently. Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. So uh, I want to say it was probably about nine months ago, give or take, uh, McKenzie and company came out with a study and they have a study about the future of work in black America. So with that being said, I've been reaching out to some people about having a national conversation around that topic. Wow. So, so we're going to have a conversation. Now, I think it's going to be right before father's day because I'm, I'm actually trying to get it to be focused towards black males. Apparently automation will affect black males the most because we're in a lot of roles that can be automated. So uh, with that being said, I just wanted to have a conversation about what that looks like for us and what we need to do to lessen the effects of automation on black males and black people in general. Right. So with that being said, uh, I have a conversation planned with some really interesting people that I, I think will have some great ideas and we're going to start addressing it on our own. I don't think other people need to address this for us. I think we need to be proactive as as people of color and uh, address the situation and, and hold some people accountable for not for, for allowing us to continue to earn a living. Yeah. I mean, it's just, 
is really concerning to me. And, and I recognize that that black men, um, you know, we, we do have a position of privilege here and that we benefit from patriarchy. And I'm, I'm not saying that we ha- we're at the bottom. Like I, I believe and I think multiple studies in American history points out that black women are at the bottom of the, the rung. And as we think about uh, systemic inequities and we think about um, I just I question if if black men have been um, considered enough as it pertains to um, mistreatment and disparate impact. And I, I, I don't see a lot of like public efforts around black men um, right. and, and, and making sure that they have the support and resources that they need. Um, and I, I find that I find that curious. You know, I'm not a psychologist. I've had we've had folks on the show that we've talked about that a little bit in the past and we'll continue to delve into it. But that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I do recall the McKinsey article, um, the McKinsey research piece, rather uh, very insightful. And that's really cool that you're doing that. So we got to make sure that once as you ramp up around that conversation that, that happens, you got to come back on the show uh, and let us know how it went. We got to talk about oh, it. Oh, too. Yeah, I would love to. I'm excited about it. It was just something ever since I when I saw the study, you know, last year, the end of last year, it's been on my mind. You know, it's really been on my mind because it's real. And here's the thing with COVID-19. So, you know, we knew we were headed toward a very automated workplace. Right. And now COVID-19 has put that on full blast. We're not headed there. We're there and we're running even closer to it. So, uh, what people thought was going to be the norm in 2030 might be the norm in 2022. So, so I think yeah. we really have some serious conversations. You know, I, I don't want to hold you too long, but I'm curious about, you know, you said you talked to some, you had some clients and some folks have had some conversations. What are some of your biggest points of advice for those who are in the middle of a job search right now, or those who are considering to look elsewhere considering the climate today? Sure. You know, so here's the thing. Um, more than ever, I think the advice we typically share, and we do a class at the Grow With Google Learning Center uh, here in New York City on job search networking. And I think it's more important now than ever. You know, Zach, just naturally. So you're out here and I know you've had some family changes and things of that nature, but you've consistently reached out and said, hey, I know this is going on, yeah, yeah. but I'm committed to getting this done. And my commitment to to being here because of the importance of your platform, I love your platform. And uh, I just, you know, I want to add value. And and I think it's a great place for me to kind of share pieces of my story. But here's here's the thing with with people that are in a job search or looking to transition now, there are so many people that are taking this time as time off. And I think the separation Mm -hmm. will be all the people that continue to plow ahead even though there was a pandemic going on, but people that continued to be active on LinkedIn, continued to network strategically with others just to try to position themselves for conversations coming out of this. Those will be the people that kind of really, really move out of this uh, quickly, right? Or those that move out of this with the least amount of impact. I, I really yeah. believe that's the advice I have for people. Like, continue your process. If you were in a job search or if you were looking to transition prior to this, I hope you continue doing the same work and maybe even ramping it up a little more because people have been really receptive to a lot of virtual networking and there's been opportunities. There's been more Zoom webinars and things of that nature than you can imagine. 
be active, get out there, start reaching out to people on the back end of that. And I think it'll pay dividends. Look, y'all heard it right here. I, I agree with you too, that it's like, we have to manage this time differently, right? Like this is not, we're not working from home. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There are, you know, folks, folks respond to working from home or, or being at home and being feeling stuck at home differently than you have different living situations and all different things. So it's not to minimize or dismiss the reality of some of those challenges um, mm-hmm. as we all navigate those different social and mental health contexts differently. And <laughs> it, it's also about thinking through what does it look like to to take advantage of some of the extra time you have if you're privileged enough to have the extra time. Sure. Right? Um, and so I'm right there with you. Uh, man, Kenneth, this has been a super dope conversation, man. You know, I'm really excited that we were having you on the platform. I want to make sure I give you space to plug, you know, the 51 places that, that are blessed to have you and make sure you have space to talk about those things, man. So you got it. It's your space. You go ahead. Now, listen, man, I, you know, again, I just think that uh, you're doing a great job with the platform, you and your team. Uh, kudos to you guys. All the stuff we do, people can find out about by going to eastcoastexecutives.com. That's the website. You can find out about the Grow With Google stuff. You can find out about the Career Seeker show. You can find out about the Urban League Jobs Network show. You can find out about the events that we do with the New York Urban League. Anything and everything that we're involved in is there on that portal. So uh, it's a one-stop shop for us. That's incredible. Um, Y'all. This has been Living Corporate, okay? Um, and this has been Zach. You've been listening to Kenneth L. Johnson, president of East Coast Executives, diversity recruiter, TEDx Harm organizer, TEDx speaker, Forbes career coach, Google Learning Center, NYC facilitator, host of the Career Seeker Show, and host yeah. at the Urban Leagues Jobs Network. That's right. I'm turning hey, up at the end. What's up? I got one more thing. What's up? Yesterday, I had to announce that we postponed TEDx Harlem. We postponed 2020 TEDx Harlem. We're going to do it. In 2021, it's, the pandemic's here. We were going to do it at the National Black Theater here in Harlem on Fifth Avenue, 126th and 5th. If you get a chance, if you're in Harlem, check them out. Yes. But uh, we were going to do it there, but it's just we we can't pull it together in time right now. now you got to be safe, man. Like. Yeah, so so we're going to do it in 2021, God willing. Look, it's, this, is, this is the thing. We, if you're going to do it, it has to be done right. It has to be done safely. It wouldn't make sense. You do something like that in such a historic location for the people and people aren't in the best position. Right. Yeah. So so I, I, I get that. That's awesome. Um, until next time, y'all. Peace. Listen, I want to thank y'all. I hope that this holiday season is treating you safe, that you're staying warm and uh, that you take care of yourself. We'll catch you soon. You know what it is. We're creating content that centers and amplifies black and brown folks at work. We do this every single week. Make sure you give us five stars. If you're not, you're a hater, but I love you anyway. (laughs) All right. Peace. Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.